This week on the In-Depth Podcast, Russell Westbrook, the nine-time All-Star, has achieved a lot of success over his career, including a league MVP, and holds nearly every triple-double record imaginable. I remember coordinating the filming with Russell Westbrook being one of the more difficult ones we've had before. We each had a shared sponsor, which was the reason for it happening in the first place. And as part of my prep for these interviews, I always talk to a few people close to the individual I'm sitting down with. The names and the contact information for the people always come at the suggestion of the person we're profiling after we make the request. And in one of those conversations, I asked about how Russell met his wife, how he proposed, just to try and get some fun, anecdotal type stories that can be brought up in the interview and, you know, hopefully get the person smiling. Anyways, that was one of many no-go areas for Russell, and they canceled the interview. Fast forward weeks later, it ended up getting rescheduled and uh, spent half the day with Russell, and it went great. And he was nice as could be, and it was a really enjoyable conversation, and then we visited with him uh, a local group of kids as part of his philanthropic work and you know looked at his fashion line together and it went great but definitely had strong concerns going into that taping he now plays for the los angeles clippers but when i met up with westbrook in 2014 the athletic point guard was still one of the faces of the oklahoma city thunder He's never been known to open up in the media, but our chat reveals a side of Westbrook you don't often hear. He looks back on the dangers he faced as a child in inner city Los Angeles. There was always violence and different things like that, but my parents did a great job of keeping me and my brothers away from that. The college recruitment decision that paid off in the long run. I thought it was very risky at the time. And his up and down relationship with the media. You feel you get a fair shake? Uh, I don't, I don't know, I don't care, to tell you the truth. But our chat begins with Westbrook's unique fashion sense that draws attention every time he enters an NBA arena. You were called by the Vogue entertainment editor, the Kate Moss of the NBA. Yeah. Your reaction when you heard that for the first uh, time? I was, uh, I was surprised. I mean, you know, Kate Moss, she dresses, uh, obviously, you know, out there, and that's kind of what kind of how I do uh, my thing as well. So I was definitely surprised and, you know, it was, uh, it was an honor to, to hear that. So what got you into fashion? Oh, fashion was um, something I was kind of, you know, brought to my mom, uh, was a big, big inspiration. You know, me growing up and as a, as a young child, especially growing up in inner city. Um, you know, I wanted to find something that I like to do other than play sports. Um, and dressing nice was something I like to do. Uh, and uh, now I'm at an opportunity where I'm able to, to take advantage of that. How did your mom get you into it? She, she's always big and dressing nice and looking nice and having me and my brother look nice. And even my dad uh, having us all look nice because she's so involved and, and she knew all the trends. She knew everything that was going on. She even knew more to stuff that, that I knew growing up. So um, it, was a, it was a big, big, big time inspiration for me. What do you like about it? 
I think it's fun. It gives you a, a way to express yourself. It gives you a, a, another way for people to get to know you without you saying anything. I think it's a it's a way that you know it it, it can relate to different different age group, different people, uh, different people across the world. I just think it's in, it's a, it's just another way to to kind of branch out and be yourself. What goes into you picking out an outfit? Ah, uh, a lot of things vary, man. Um, Gets a lot of attention. What you wear? Yeah. Uh, I would say that, I would say that, but I think the weather, uh, where I'm going, um, colors, um, obviously what I'm going to, the scenery, it, can, it varies on a lot of different things and it, you know, it takes time. And you said it often takes three changes in the morning to figure it for out. For sure. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a fun process. I know packing for the road sometimes may take me two or three hours just to kind of figure out what I want. I mean, for me, I like doing it. I have a lot of different options, and I'm blessed to be able to go in my closet and kind of see what I want and pick shoes and start here, start there. Um, it's just a long process that I like to take my time doing. Have you found as your fashion sense gets more attention that you don't really have to shop as much anymore because people are giving it to you um, for free? Sometimes, for sure. That That's definitely a big part of it as well. Um, you know, I've had a great been having great different opportunities to, to hang with different designers and, and talk to different people and they've been you know a great of, of gifting me certain things and you know want me wearing and their stuff so I've been able to get a few things. What's your closet look like? Um, <clears throat> I've heard from it's, multiple uh, people it's pretty impressive. Jeans are all at the bottom uh, jeans and, and slacks and different things like that excuse me and uh, at the top I have a middle section middle section is um, T-shirts, short sleeves, um, and collars. And at the top is long sleeve shirts, um, long sleeve button ups. Um, then I have like a, a section of um, all my jackets and coats, and bombers. Then I have a jersey vest section, and I have a, another section, suit section. Um, and then it transitions into my shoes. Your brother was telling me the other day, he's like, even though it was reported he has 700 pairs of shoes, he's, it's actually more like a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah, for sure. I mean, I have uh, shoes all over the place. I have some at his house, my house, in my closet, in storage, so. So why do you believe shoes are the most important item in any outfit? Um, I think it's a uh, it kind of, put the finishing touches on it. Um, you can bring out the outfit, uh, can bring some color to the outfit, could bring, you know, you can kind of downplay out. It all depends. It, it can turn the outfit from casual um, into being more, you know, just comfortable and, and hanging out. How important are glasses to the wardrobe? Uh, I think it's, that's important too. I think that's um, an important piece that I've, um, you know, that I've kind of had over the course of the years of, um, keep dressing up and find different color frames, different color frames, different color lenses, and different things like that to be able to make the outfit turn out the way you want. What do you like about it? Um, just, uh, for me, it's all another way to express myself and you know how I feel and what I like on that particular day and, and, and what I like about fashion. And you have perfect, or better than perfect vision, too. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I they aren't prescription, good. and yeah, some yeah. of them don't, or most of them don't even have lenses. Yeah, right? some of them don't have lenses, some do, some don't. Um, I just like them just because it's a good style, style piece. So you've been to New York and Paris Fashion Weeks. You've yeah. also been to Milan. Um, of those three places, what's been the most memorable experience? 
Um, memorable, I would say Paris, just because that was my first time in Paris in general. Um, and the shows and everything is, is running a little differently than New York. But I think New York is kind of where I was able to kind of understand fashion a lot more. Um, and, and it was a place where I was able to, to talk to different people, meet different people, um, learn a little bit, little bit more about fashion uh, compared to, to Paris. What helped in you understanding it more? Just uh, meeting different people, um, going to fashion shows, um, just just having an open, open mind. I mean, when you I play basketball and do that throughout the whole year and, and then you want to go on different lane, you have to you have to learn, you have to do your research, you have to meet the right people. Uh, and I was able to, to, to hang around and, and meet some of the, the, the highest tier people in fashion. When you walk into the lobby of a nice hotel, right. what are you paying attention to? Oh, I mean, colors. I mean, even in here, carpets, um, wallpapers, you can kind of just see um, the decor. Um, not everything go together, different colors. Um, and I think that's, that's an important part of fashion, too, because if you put an outfit together, you can kind of see burgundy go with orange, burgundy white, all the colors that kind of mix together, and you can kind of get a good sense of, of what looks nice together. Do you have a favorite outfit of all time that you've worn? No. No, man, you know what? People ask me that all the time. I can never give my answer. I don't know. I don't know because every time I put an outfit together, I think it's one of the favorites. That's how much time I take on it. So I feel like if I put this on, this is the one. So it's hard to say. How would you describe yourself? I don't know. I mean, I'm, for me, I, I know I just, just being myself, man, is, is, I don't know how to describe it, but I just, just be myself, man, regardless of what the situation is or what, you know, may happen if it's fashion, basketball, whatever it is, just kind of being myself and just kind of going on how I feel and, and what I think is right. How, how would you want a, like, close friend to describe you? I don't know. I wouldn't want, I would want them to say, you know, how they felt just on, you know, how I am as a, as a person and um, as a friend to them. I mean, everybody's answer could be, could be different. Um, because I have different relationships with different people, but I mean, I, I probably would say the one thing they may have in common is um, is that um, I'm a passionate about whatever that it is that I may be doing. How confident are you? Very, very confident, but not cocky. I would I would say there's a, there's a difference of being confident and and cocky. Um, I have a, a confidence is 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 important. I think it's. Um, this is something that I that I've been able to keep and and hopefully to be able to keep for the for the rest of you know my career, my life. When when did you actually develop that confidence? I think it was just something that was that I've ble that I was blessed with. Um, I think it's something that you you over the course of the uh, of, of my years of, of growing up, uh, my parents um, you know raised me and my brother the right way and to have. Self-confidence. I think you have having self-confidence is very important in this world, and regardless of whatever you're doing. I understand you're actually pretty shy. Is yeah. that? I mean, is that is that true now yeah, or more uh, true of yeah, while back? Uh, more true of while back. Okay, for sure. Uh, I didn't say much. I didn't do much. I was kind of quiet to myself. But when I did do something, everybody knew that I was that, that it was done. Oh well, yeah, your brother's like you know I'm the outgoing one who's always speaking up and Russ is the one who kind of would keep right. to himself. Yeah, that's definitely how it was. My brother is always the one that kind of 
outgoing, uh, meet new people. He always knows everybody where I'm at. He, he just, that's the type of guy he is. Um, I've gotten better over the course of the years and, and, and being more talkative. Um, you apparently take it personally, or at least used to, if somebody scores a point on you. Yes, I, do. I mean, it's just how I feel about the, about the, about the game. And I, I, I love to play basketball um, and I love the game and uh, I want to be the best. And I feel like to be the best, you got to take pride in, in every possession, every, every time somebody even may score on you or you may take the, turn the ball over or whatever it may be. You have to take pride in it and, um, you know, take it on the chest and try to find a way to fix it. And I understand you used to get so frustrated when that would happen that it would negatively impact your performance on the next play. For sure. How were you able to overcome that? I mean, I'm st it's still hard to overcome now. Um, really? Yeah, I mean, it's just, I think it's just my nature, man. It's my competitive spirit. I want to do so well. I put a lot of pressure on myself to, to be able to, to, to play at a, at a high level and a, at a high standard. And, um, you know, throughout, throughout games, there may be times where, you know, I may be mad at myself and it may re reflect on a next play, but quickly I have to be able to, to transition out of that because the game is not about me. It's about, you know, my teammates and it's about, you know, us as, as a team and winning the game. When you find yourself getting to that place now, are you able to, like, better catch yourself? For sure. Yeah, definitely. As younger? I've gotten older and, and been playing the game for a while, I'll definitely catch myself a lot quicker. Than, uh, and how do you do that? Just uh, always sit back and take myself out of the equation. Um, I, um, I think it's important that throughout the game you – you know, it's tough. You may miss a few shots in the road, and you may start thinking about how can you make the next one. And that's when I take myself out of the equation and just try to find a way to help my team, help my teammates. You've said you play mad. Yeah. How so? I'm just playing with a chip on my shoulder. I think um, for me, um, I always feel like there's something to prove or something to do. I think uh, every night, um, you know, my job is to come out and compete for my team and, and bring that, that edge, and that's what my job is. What's the chip on your just, shoulder? Um, just uh, growing up, man, I, I grew up um, in inner city, Los Angeles, and, and growing up, um, I was never given anything or nobody never, you know, gave me anything growing up and I always have to earn everything I, I've gotten, and, and that's kind of the only way I know how to, how to play and the no, only way I know how to, to go out there and, um, and compete and that's where the chip comes from. I thought this was kind of interesting. People think you're right-handed because you shoot with your right, eat with your right hand. You can even throw a football right-handed. Explain that. Uh, well, naturally, I'm left-handed. I mean, it's just, I don't even know where, where it comes from. It's just, you know, I've never asked or never even paid no attention to it, but I know I can do different things in different sports based on what it is, either hand. You apparently, uh, before every game, will call your mom and dad, and after right. every game, will also call them. What do you guys talk about? My mom, uh, we don't talk anything about basketball. Okay. Prior to the game, we talking about whatever that I, I want to talk about, or whatever that she wants to talk about. Um, and I think that's important to have a balance. Um, and then my dad, you know, we, we're, we're talking about the game and how can I, uh, what can I do to go help us win the game or help my teammates or where can I be better from last game? And um, I think both of those conversations are very, very important to me. Um, and 
because it kind of keeps me balanced. Uh, my mom, I know once I get on the phone, I don't want, I'm not going to hear nothing about basketball because there's times where I don't want to hear anything about basketball. Right. And, you know, my mom, she, and she knows that. And, and there's times where I don't want to hear my dad still talks about it. So, But, I mean, that's the difference. And um, it's a happy medium. It's, it's a good combination for me. Uh, Kelsey Bars, um, somebody, your late friend, who's obviously near and dear um, to your heart. During a routine um, game of high school pickup basketball, your best friend and teammate collapsed and later passed away. When he collapsed, how quickly did you realize how serious it was? Um, I mean, it was quick. Uh, very, 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 very quickly. I didn't, you know, I just thought he just passed out from being tired or, um, you know, maybe just dehydrated because we played a lot of games that day. Um, I just, I didn't know. You know, I didn't know until later that, that evening. But, I um, mean, I just, it happened so quickly. You know, I just didn't know. How did his passing impact you? Uh, I mean, it impacts me to this day. I mean, it's just something that you can never take life for granted. I mean, he definitely probably would have been, you know, right here with me playing. I would have been in the NBA a long time before I would have. Um, but it's just something that you can't take life for granted, man. You got to live every day and, um, and enjoy life as you can. How close were you to? Very close. He lived right across the street from me. Um, you know, we sometimes walk home, walk to school. Um, I, I take his... Um, uh, go to his grandma's house across the street, talk, talk to his brothers and sisters. Um, you know, we were close. Um, and we, you know, we, we, he came to my brother's parties. We, we hung out, went to school. We, you know, we hung out every day, basically. I've been told that after Kelsey passed, it caused you to almost push yourself harder. Yeah. Why? Um, just because I know he would have, he would have been, you know, the, the player he was and the person he was, he would have been, you know, one of the, the best players at the time in high school and, and moving to college and definitely going pro. So I, I just feel like, you know, I just got to come out every, every, every day, every game, um, every time I, ca I, I could to be able to, to work as hard as I can, to, to put myself in position to, to be the best player I can be. And you wear his initials on you for every game yeah. that you play. And you've said before you feel like, in a way, you're playing for Kelsey. Always. I mean, that's why I always um, have the band on. I have it on my shoes. Um, it's just always, he's always a part of me, regardless of where I'm at or what I'm doing. Um, you know, as long as he knows and, and, and I know that this is for him. How would you describe the area you grew up in? Oh. Uh, I moved around. I moved around from from different places, but uh, just, where'd you move around? I mean, just in, in Los Angeles. I moved around different places in in, in inner city of Los Angeles. Um, and growing up, it was. I mean, I I, I don't know how it was. Just a, it was a norm for for just all I knew. It was a norm. It was a norm for for myself and my brother. Um, just you know, there was always violence and different things like that. But my parents and did a great job of keeping me and my brothers uh, away from that. And, and sports was a, was a big outlet to kind of go to to keep you off, off the streets and keep you out of trouble. Well, looking back on the area you grew up in now that, you know, you have the means to live in the <coughs> nicest areas of any city, um, how, how tough 
you know, rough um, area was man, it? Man, sometimes I, me and my brother kind of sit back and talk about different things, um, uh, you know, growing up. Um, and it's, it's, it's crazy because you kind of realize the, how you became the, you know, the person I am today on, you know, different life lessons, different things I've learned uh, from growing up in, in my neighborhood. And, and I think it's always important that you always, uh, you know, keep that part of you because it definitely makes you the person who you are today. Your brother was telling me that, uh, you know, many of the friends you guys had when you were growing up wound up either in gangs or and or in, in jail. Yeah. How challenging was it to uh, avoid getting into trouble? I mean, it's it, it, it can be can be challenging because those those are my friends. Those are people that I hang with throughout in middle school or in high school. Those are our friends and it's people I play sports with. So it could be it could be it could be difficult at, difficult at times. But you know, I always um, found a way to kind of just separate myself. You know, at the right time in the right place. What would your mom and dad do to keep you and your brother on kind of the straight and narrow? Um, just um, keep us focused on what the task at hand was. For, for me, it was my brother was school. Regardless of um, what was going on outside our house or outside the home, we, we locked in on, on homework and locked in on, on sports. And uh, that's all we knew. You used to spend hours sitting on the sideline of the concrete basketball courts at Ross Snyder Park in South Central watching your dad play. Right. What do you remember from that? Uh, just sitting there and watching my dad's friends argue. That's all they did. Argue? About what? Just argue about somebody call, make a call, bad call. They argue for 45 minutes. They play for five, argue <laughs> for 45, play for five. Kind of sit there and just watch them play. and kind of just go back and forth. But it was uh, an experience for me that I, you know, that I always remember. You know, I was go sit there on the side and watch them play, then I was just waiting on the side and let them finish so I can go shoot. What do, you, what do you think your dad learned from watching Magic Johnson play that he tried to pass along to you? Um, just um, being unselfish, <clears throat> not even um, on the floor, but off the floor, I think. Magic Johnson does a lot of different th great things in the community of Los Angeles and a lot of great things across the world. And I think that's one thing my dad, you know, um, wanted me to learn from that, just not the basketball, but just the, the different things he did in the community uh, when he made it to where he was at. What would you and your dad do when you were growing up in the gym? Yeah, I mean, we, if we could find a gym, but most of the time we wouldn't get a gym. Uh, we'd be outside on the court or... If we had a gym, we definitely will, will, will get it. But um, we just work out, uh, talk mess, uh, talk trash, and, you know, have fun. It wasn't, you know, it was serious, and I was able to, to, to get better. But it was also a time to, um, you know, have some fun after I'd done my homework and, and do all the other stuff I had to do at the house. And bond with your dad. Yeah, and my, my mom sometimes would come sit on the side. My brother would be there sometimes, play two-on-one. I said play when I got older in high school, I played one-on-two, on two, I should say. Oh, really? Yeah. And how'd those matches turn out? It was good. It was a lot of fouling. You know, I used to do a drill where they used to just foul me, just to foul me, just to do it to see if I can take contact. Um, I mean, it helped me. It was fun. It was something that... My brother, my brother, big football, so he he loves all this contact. So this was his his best part of the day. My dad uh, at the time was 
pushing me around, but I don't think they can do that now. <laughs> <laughs> have you had you tried playing? No, no, since? I don't. I don't mess with my brother anymore because I know he's a <laughs> lot stronger than I am. So I don't. I don't. I leave that alone. How instrumental do you think your father was in your success? Um, I would say uh, a lot. Both of my parents. I wouldn't pick and say my mom because they all played. Like I told you, they played different parts. Right. Um, and I think it's um, important that. Um, and everybody knows that they, they, they play different parts. I mean, they both were very, very instrumental to, to my success and, and still now um, because of just who they are as people. And, um, and they constantly stick to their roots regardless of uh, what I may have done or what I'm doing or based on success I'm having. Um, and they always make sure that me and my brother are on the right path. You were cut from your uh, varsity high school team right. as a freshman. How did that affect you? I mean, it, it just made me get back and get better. I mean, just tell me I wasn't ready. Um, I went back to the to the drawing board and got better. Played freshman that year, and then end of my freshman season, I got uh, called up to varsity. Bother you at all? Uh, not really, not really. Tell you the truth, I didn't get bothered. Um, I went. My dad was mad because uh, I didn't. He come was. Up. Yeah, because I mean, I, I went to tryouts and um, I didn't go to tryout for varsity. I went straight to the freshman team, so I started low. What and why did you do that? I don't know. I don't know. I just because they said freshman over here, I just went where freshman was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Then he, I came home and said, "Oh yeah, you know." He was like, "Why you didn't try out for varsity?" I was like, "Well, I mean, I don't know. I didn't." Then I went to try out. Then I didn't make it. And then you know he didn't say nothing. I didn't say nothing. I left it alone. Played freshman, and then end of the season. It's interesting you say that though because we just taped one with uh, Steph Curry not too long ago uh -huh. and he says one of the biggest single regrets of his basketball career is not trying out for varsity yeah. his freshman year because he felt like it hurt his development. Yeah, I mean I didn't try. I just went, yeah. I remember like it was yesterday, went straight in gym, went straight to the freshman. And what a lot of people might not know when they look at big old Russ Westbrook is that you were... <laughs> 5'8", 140 pounds as a freshman. And I believe you weren't a, a starter uh, on varsity till your junior yeah. year, yep. right? Uh -huh. um, why do you think it took so long? Uh, I mean, I just wasn't as good, tell you the truth, man. I wasn't, I just wasn't good enough to, to start over the people that were playing in front of me. Um, and as my body matured and as I, I got older, um, I became a lot better um, after working out and constantly working on my game. And uh, my body and my mind caught up to me. Were you as dedicated then? Still, yeah, yeah, I was still dedicated regardless of, you know, if I was playing or not, I still got extra shots up, um, still trying to find a way to, to, to work out and, and get better. So coming out of high school, you're recruited by San Diego, Creighton, Miami, a lot of top recruits. Yeah. You know, when you're a senior by November of that year, you're committing to a school, yet you make the decision to wait. Um, how risky do you think that was, and why did you decide to do so? I thought it was very risky at the time. Oh, you um, did at the time. I think did, it was risky. but I, okay. I listened to my to my parents, and I listened to my high school coach um, um, about making a decision on, you know, where I wanted to go to school. Um, I waited, and I, it was uh, the best decision for me. What was discussed though Just when so that decision and, um, was made? At the time, made? I mean, I wasn't ranked. I wasn't ranked high at all, but during that time, the process, you know, once November passed, a lot of teams um, are not able to get the players that they want. 
So then there's, you know, there's little straggler guys like myself that that's around and they're able to get um, get those guys. And I took that that chance on saying, okay, you know, I waited out and uh, once the other the, the top schools don't get the the guy they want, they, they will come and find myself. What would have happened and ended up working out great right. because you, you know, get a scholarship from UCLA, great right. school athletically and academically, but what would have happened if you didn't get that offer? Well, um, in school, I was, uh, I was uh, a great student in school. I mean, I didn't rely on basketball. Um, my, my parents always told me, you know, you need to get a good education. So throughout school, I was sending you know different schools and I was actually thinking about going to Stanford out of just for, for academics um, out, of, out of high school so you know that was my first option basketball was just a, another way to, to get to college for my parents wouldn't have to pay for it and with Stanford I guess you would have had to walk on to the basketball team right. because you weren't being recruited but I thought that was that was one of the things I found most interesting about you because I mean you, you had a 3-9 right. GPA in high school, you know, you hear about athletes all the time who are skilled athletically where they start to let the grades drop off because sports is their calling, that's how they're going to make the living. Right. Why was it important to you to um, you It was know, very important. It was important uh, for me to be able to, to get education, to learn about different things that, and that go on in, in the world and also to be able to, to have that. I think a high school diploma having, you know, having some some common sense is more important than, you know, playing playing basketball. And at the time, I mean, I didn't think I was going to be where I am today or playing professionally or even going to college. So that wasn't my worry. I just was, um, you know, trying to find a way to get to school. What did you think at the time would happen? I mean, in terms of where you'd be later I didn't know. I, honestly, I did not know. I just, um, you know, Took it one day at a time and took advantage of you know each day that I could. Um, after committing to UCLA, um, I went there and, and tried to make the best of it. Um, went there and tried to you know show everyone that I could I, I can play at a, at a, a Division One you know top school in the country. Did you have the goal at that time of being an NBA player or? No, I mean honestly that goal didn't come to me until after my first year at UCLA. Wow. So, I mean, I didn't, I just, you know, I didn't, I didn't think I was going to make it pro. My only concern was that growing up in, in, in the city, I just didn't want my parents to pay for me to go to school. You've obviously had a ton of amazing moments. Yeah. One of your signature games coming in the uh, 2012 playoffs versus the Lakers, where you just go on a tear. Um, what sticks out? about that game? I mean, that was a, uh, I think that year for us was a, was a good year for our organization and, and <clears throat> for our team. And it was a good year for us to kind of expand and kind of show the world what Oklahoma City is about. Because I think at the time, still people didn't really understand, you know, how good we could be. And I think that year we, we showed everyone how good we can be. And, um, and during that series at the Lakers, obviously, it's, Great, great team, and I was winning on the road, winning championships. And <clears throat> that series, um, I thought it was uh, my job, and um, as as a point guard, to find a way to, to get us wins. And throughout the game, um, I just takes what the defense give me. 
We were taping one a while back with Kobe Bryant, and Kobe was saying, you know, when he gets in that zone, you know, when he goes on a tear, it just feels different. Um, similar for you? Um, definitely. I mean, I think anybody that any player would would say the same. I think once you get into a a zone uh, of your own, they don't think there's too much any anybody or any player can can do to stop it. And um, what does it feel like? Um, it just feels like regardless of what else you what else you do, everything's gonna go your way. Ball gonna go in. Um, you know, whatever it is that may be going on throughout the game, um, shots that you may not have made before may go in. It's just how it goes sometimes. How rare is it that you're in that sort of zone? I mean, it, it's rare. I mean, it's, it's it's tough to get in those zones, but the, the great ones were in the zone a lot of the times, you know, like Kobe, Michael Jordan, and, and Magic, and those guys were in, uh, in those zones a, a lot of times. Team USA, how do you balance the need to get some rest over the summer, the seasons are long, with the desire to play for the national team? I mean, I think it was a no-brainer for, for me. Um, regardless of how long of a season I just played, I think you don't, you can't pass up an opportunity to play for your country. In my opinion, I think uh, when, when you're able to have the, the three letters USA across your chest, it, it means a lot more than, than, than you. I mean, you're playing for a lot of other people across the world. Um, and I think it's just an honor to be able to, to have those three letters across your chest. You say that, which makes complete sense, but you've been on the team for a while now. There have to be points where you're just like, man, I just want to lay just, on the couch and watch I like it, TV. man. I, I love it. I think it's just, uh, it's an honor, man. I think you just, certain things you can't let pass you up. And I think that's one of those things where I've, if I'm able to play, then um, I will give it a go and, and try to represent my country. And I think um, a lot of other guys are are getting into it as well because it's a fun experience, man. You get opportunity to, to bond with different guys and, and see different parts of the world. And also at the same time, you have the, you know, you don't have a, a city, you don't have a town. You got the whole world behind you of, of rooting for you, uh, for the USA. So it's a great feeling. What do you most recall from winning gold at the 2010 World Championships and then in the 2012 Summer Olympics? Um, I think the one thing I recall from both of them is is the the, the ceremony at the end of the game. Uh, I think that's the most important part and most like mo emotional part of the of the whole thing. You know, at the end of the game and once the winner is, is chosen, you know, the, the team with the gold medal kind of stands up on the on the stage and kind of hold hands and your national anthem is played. And I think um, that's like a the the moment where you kind of sit there and you realize and you're looking around and you hear the, the national anthem and, and the USA flags are flowing. It's kind of a moment you, you don't forget. What's it just generally like spending so much time on the same team with so many of the league's top players? I mean, it's different. You get a chance to um, kind of see and interact with guys off the floor because you may not know how guys are in the locker room because they're not on your team, obviously. And when you get it to the USA, you know, you get opportunity to kind of hang out with different guys, go go to dinner, go to lunch, um, you know, just kind of hang out, see how they work, see their work ethic, see how hard they work. Um, you get the opportunity to learn different things from different players. Anybody that surprised you the most? Surprised? Um, no, I mean, but I, I say I learned a lot um, from communicating with uh, Kobe Bryant throughout in 2012 um, and learning, just learning different things about the game and, 
you know, just picking his brain a little bit. Like what? What, what did just you learn? Just different moves, uh, you know, different things that I, that can help me become a better a player um, and just talk to him about, you know, um, back in the days um, when they were winning championships and different things like that, just, just picking his brain. Was there a takeaway that you had from those conversations with him that's really stuck with you? Uh, just the respect factor, man. Just I just respect, you know, everything that he's, you know, kind of, Kind of done, and um, when it comes to basketball, he he's put himself in a position where there's probably there's no one that can be be like him, you know, moving forward. Why do you think you've gotten criticized so much in the press over the years? Mm, I'm not sure, but um, <clears throat> I I've realized over the course of the, of the year, regardless of if it's in sports or fashion or whatever it is. If people are talking about you, then you're doing something right. Yeah. That's how I feel. How do you view the media? How do I view them? I don't view them anyway, because they have no control over what I do. I tried, you know, in researching for you, you get a stack of profile stories and articles, right. inch, two inches thick. And the most biting, like, quote I, I read that was written about you in a national column was uh, Durant, uh, a scorer so unguardable, he can be stopped by only one man, Westbrook. Instead of consistently chauffeuring Durant to his most unstoppable spots, Westbrook too often chooses to NASCAR his way to where he can be the biggest star. Your reaction to like criticism like that? No reaction, I don't, because it doesn't make any sense. I don't, I mean, there's a lot of things I don't see uh, that I don't pay attention to. And a lot of it's really nonsense because um, if you kind of watch our games and kind of see how everything goes, then you will kind of know more than anybody can write about it. But, you know, anything that, that goes on between myself and Kevin and our team, we communicate it as, with each other. And um, that's all that matters, regardless of all the outside noise and whatever anybody else has to say it doesn't really change anything that goes on inside our building. You feel you get a fair shake? Uh, I don't I don't know. I don't care, to tell you the truth. Um, my, my, my job is not to please anybody that's, that don't need to be pleased, that I have no relations with. Um, you know, my, my job is to, to come in every day and try to find a way to help my teammates and uh, try to find a way to help us win. Um, why are you so private? Uh, I just like my space. I think um, in today's, you know, world, you got a lot of social media, a lot of different things that, you know, you can't, you got camera phone, you got everything, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Um, And sometimes I just like my own space um, because there's, you know, there's a lot of different things that can be misconstrued. You can see different pictures and can think something other, one thing, and can see one thing and think another. So, I think it's best if I just stay to myself when it comes to certain things. Speaking of social media, I love this. You actually helped facilitate a marriage proposal oh, yeah. <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> Tell about how that went down. Uh, I mean, it was something that uh, that I was um, able to see going through Twitter and different things like that. And uh, I was meeting with uh, Slade that works in the office, uh-huh. and um, we were looking and seeing different things. And we thought it would be a great idea to kind of help them help him propose and kind of figure out a way to, you know, uh, set that up over Twitter, and I thought it was a great idea, so it was good, and good thing you said yes. So you posted 
Yeah, posted it and uh, she saw it and said yes, and you know it was it was, it was a great great come out, so it was fun. How often do you bowl? I used to bowl every other day. Um, I used to bowl all the time. How good are you? I'm good. Is it true that you bowl a lot by yourself? All the time. Why? To practice. I want uh, to practice. I I want to be good. I wanted to be good and, and find a way to to perfect this hobby that I, that I was doing. Um, and I bowl a lot by myself. I be in full out sweats, sweating. Uh, full out sweats. Sweating, sweating all over it. Just, it was fun. Would you prefer bowling by yourself than yeah, with concentrate. people? Yeah, I concentrate. Yeah, bowling at night and bowling with friends is fun, but you know, I can't concentrate as much as I want to if unless I'm by myself. So you're apparently a real car guy, and I've been told to ask you about the green lizard and why you were always <laughs> late for your pre-draft workouts. <laughs> well, the green lizard was uh, my first car. Uh, <laughs> the two-door Grand, that little Grand Prix, uh, is a car that you know I had and had a few problems with. Uh, used to run hot and had a few flat tires and I was late to a few workouts uh, a few times. So it was definitely uh, one of those cars I could never forget. You retired the car since? The car, the car's going, yes, the car's going, but I always remember it. So. Did it cause any problems for you? Yeah, I mean, it caused a few, ran hot a few times, cut off, but hey, you know, I, I wasn't complaining. I found a way to get it done, uh, tires, you know, I, I did whatever to keep it keep it rolling. And did you cop to it when you showed up at practice late? You blame it on the car? Or did car, you? I had to okay. go get new tires, and you know, that's just, I had no choice. I was running, I was get, trying to get there on flat tires. Tell about uh, your Why Not Foundation. Why Not, man, Why Not um, is, um, I think the word Why Not is kind of something that, um, me and obviously me and a few friends uh, kind of came up with it uh, growing up, um, and it's kind of something that I ran with, and kind of thought <clears throat> it would be a great, great um, motto for myself and uh, for for kids and, and for anybody, and for that sake. So I think uh, why not? And the Why Not Foundation is is a foundation for 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 kids and for for anybody um, in inner city or wherever man to kind of think and and believe in anything they they want to do and go forward and just say why not and I think by saying why not you kind of just says why not and go and, and take care of what you need to take care of to to get where you need to get in life. Why is the boys and girls club important to you? Um, it's very important. I think uh, I grew up in the boys and girls club from when I was eight nine years old all the way to seventeen um, and it's in. A great, great organization. I think for, for kids after school, and it's just something that I, I believe strongly in because it's something that I was that I was a part of. So I can relate easily to the kids that's there, and I can relate to to anybody that's been a part of Boys and Girls Club. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. No problem. Thank you, sir. That's it for my chat with Russell Westbrook. To watch all of our content with him, plus other NBA icons such as Steph Curry, Jason Tatum, and Dirk Nowitzki. Go to youtube.com slash Graham Bensinger. Also, if you get a chance, give us a rating and review. Thanks again for listening.